Hello from the Clio Cloud Conference 2016 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Joshua Lennon. Hello, I'm Jake Betzold. I'm James Betzold. And I'm Mike Betzold. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. so much for joining us on On the Road. It's a pleasure to be here today. Our today, pleasure. I'm Joshua Lennon, lawyer and resident at Clio, and I'm speaking with the founders and family behind Prima Fasci, which is an integration partner for Clio. Joining us today is Jake, James, and Mike Betzel, the founders and developers and lawyer behind this great tool. Guys, welcome to today's broadcast. Thank Thanks, you. Thank you. So, James, Jake, Mike, which one of you is the lawyer at Prima Fasci? I am. Uh, James is the lawyer. I'm an immigration attorney. Uh, I've actually been a Clio customer since 2009. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and uh, you know we loved it, and we decided we needed some software that worked well uh, for doing the immigration forms. Mm -hmm. You were using INS Zoom prior to switching to Clio, right? I was. INS Zoom and e-immigration. We tried both of those and mm -hmm. just didn't have much luck with them. What did you not like about them? Well. They were designed a long time ago, and mm -hmm. so the technology was old, it was slow, it had a tendency to lock up. For INS Zoom, you really, they want you to be inside of Internet Explorer, which, as you know, isn't even a supported browser no, anymore. No, it's, it's completely insecure at this point. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the technology has really become obsolete, and they just haven't been able to update and modernize. So, James, you were practicing, but you weren't finding the tools that you liked. Absolutely. You decided, in collaboration with your brothers, to build a new tool. How did you pick your brothers as the people you would turn to for help on this project? Well, it was a natural fit. We're within a few years' age of each other. We've mm -hmm. been close for a number of years. Uh, my, my brother Jake is actually a product manager for a software firm. Mm -hmm. That's his day job. Yeah. Uh, and my brother Mike has a background in IT. He has an IT degree, and so he knows a lot about the networking and how things need to be designed. Excellent. And you know, from, from my perspective, you know, I said, Here's what it needs to do. Here's how it needs to look. This is the technology we need to integrate it with. Yeah. So, Jake, what is your specific technology background? You're a coder? You're a product manager? So, I'm an uh, engineer. Okay. Uh, not software, but mechanical. Mm -hmm. And also a business, um, got my master's in business administration. Yes. And I've been working for the last five years at a, also nine years ago was a startup. Yeah. Um, software development company and training company. So, Jake. You came from a technology background. Yep. What was your experience as an engineer prior to helping found Prima Fasci? Sure. So out of out of school, I was a biomedical engineer at a mm -hmm. medical device company. Mm -hmm. um, got my MBA and started working at a software and training company. Okay. Wow. And Mike, a network IT background. Where did that come about? So according to my degree, mm -hmm. I do have my bachelor's in information technology. And what that really gave me good preparation for is the database management, a lot of the coding skills as well, and mm. some of the integrations. So three brothers, each with a unique skill set and a problem to be solved, but that's not the only family member contributing to Prima Fasci, right? That's that's correct. Uh, actually, there's, there's a number of them. We could go through them. Uh, my mm -hmm. mom and dad actually helped out a lot. My mom came with us to Las Vegas uh, to help in the American Immigration Lawyers Association convention where we unveiled Prima Fasci for the first time. Wow. We got a lot of great feedback there. And mom's a hustler. Yeah. She is great. You know, we would be sitting there at the booth and like looking around and she'd grab our flyers and she would go upstairs, downstairs. She would find anybody who was standing in line and say, hey, you need to hear about Prima Fasci. You guys are immigration lawyers. You need something that works better. 
So there's knowledge, skill, and hustle behind this product. Let's learn a little bit more about what the product does. How do you guys pitch Prima Fasci to, pe to immigration lawyers? Usually it's, it's a pretty easy pitch. We'll ask mm -hmm. them, you know, what are you currently using to manage your forms? And either they're saying they're using some piece of software that they're not very happy with, mm -hmm. or they're manually going to the government website, downloading the forms, and individually filling each of those forms out. And there's a lot of repetition amongst the numerous forms that need to be submitted in every immigration application, yeah, right? In one typical case, you might have you know, five to 10 forms that you need filled out. And so taking the time to do that, I mean, it, it costs you money, and you're usually getting paid on a flat fee basis, so mm -hmm. the more time you can save, the more money you make. Okay. So, how does a lawyer start using a tool like Prima Fascia? They go to your guys' website, which is? www.primafascinow.com. Sign up for an account, and then what's the workflow? So the workflow is, uh, first you want to get your contacts or your data in there. If you're right. just starting out and you don't have any, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, you can import your contacts through a CSV file. Okay. Or hopefully, and this is part of our pitch, you're going to be using Clio. Oh, all right. And you're going to be a Clio customer and we're going to be able to sync our contacts with your Clio account so there's really no extra work to do other than setting up the sync. So suddenly you've got this new tool that's pulling in uh, contact information, custom field information, dates and deadlines that are associated with, the, with an immigration application, and then Prima Fascia takes this information and does what with it? They start populating forms? You populate your forms with it. So you'll set up your case and you'll say, this is the immigrant, mm -hmm. um, this is the jurisdiction we're in, and it's just a matter of clicking a couple buttons and then filling in the blanks. And uh, it just automatically pops out a completed application packet. Yeah, so That's we populate the most common things that are going to be repeated. Name, mm -hmm. address, phone number, social security numbers, those things. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's going to be some check boxes that you manually have to go through just to verify information because right. you don't want to be lying to immigration. <laughs> no, no, that's such a, a sticky slope where any error can either delay or permanently impair an immigrant and their applications to the United Absolutely. States. And that's been one of the things that in, in the immigration industry mm -hmm. has been an issue where you, know, you get a less than reputable firm, a less than reputable individual, and it's just problems that may not reappear for another five, seven, 10, or 15 years down the road. Oh, wow. So okay. accuracy is important, and that's one of the things that we emphasize is you know, using our using our product, you're going to have consistent and accurate information. And speed's also a factor when it comes to immigration applications nowadays as well. We all know about the cap on H-1B visas and the almost land rush that happens as soon as the next quarter segment of H-1B is open. Do you guys handle H-1B visas as part of product? We do. Fashion? We handle all the forms that you're going to need for the H-1B visa mm -hmm. case, and um, we handle the barcodes on the forms as well. And so, of course, that helps USCIS, the government agency, enter that data into their system so they can process your application faster because that's a race of first come, first serve. Whoever mm -hmm. gets here first wins. And it's not whoever's gets opened in the mail first. It's whoever's gets into the system and is decided first. So I want to focus on this barcode just to explain it for the listeners real quick. Sure. So if you download the government immigration form for, say, an H-1B or an I-190, as you put information into the form, first name, last name, uh, citizenship, alien number, all of that information is normally automatically encoded in a barcode at the base of that form, right? That's correct. The H-1B form itself isn't, but that is a, that's a growing trend, and they're transitioning all of their forms to use those barcodes so that wow. they can input that in a matter of seconds as opposed to And what days. we're seeing in some of the other solutions that you tried is they couldn't generate that automatic barcode. That was their biggest issue. And mm -hmm. I mean, stability of the platform, I'm sure contributed to that, but we actually did a side-by-side -side video, and I think maybe later we'll post it on our website, mm -hmm. of going through 
I assume, and going through Prima Fasci and just creating a case and creating one simple form. Yep. And whoever can do it first wins. And it was, it was minutes and minutes before you got to the form, and then the form wouldn't load because it threw an error. Because those tools just have a lot of legacy tech exactly. debt. Yeah. So, Mike and Jake, how did you guys go about conquering the PDF barcode problem? Yep, so it's actually quite simple. And any a lot of the developers that we've talked to have come and said, it's not that hard. The the government puts exactly, you know, the standard and what you need to do to make it work. And so I think it just took a little bit of patience and, and mm -hmm. diligence, ensuring paying attention to each each and every detail to make sure it's done right. Yeah. One of the things we had to do is we actually have a very talented coder on our team. Mm -hmm. And he was able to write a new language, a, a, a small little custom language so oh, that wow. we could we could sort of uh, simplify the coding process. Mm -hmm. So after you know, 30, 40 minutes of training, anyone on our team ca now can actually generate the information we need to throw that barcode on one of our forms. So if tomorrow USCIS released you know, 100 new forms and they all had the barcode, we're going to be okay. It's going to be a matter of hours and we can get those a cranked out. A matter of hours and you've got 100 new forums up and running. That's yes. amazing. And I know, uh, at least in immigration, but we're also starting to see in tax and other high form pra practice areas mm -hmm. that these barcodes are becoming more and more common. It's the same PDF standard for barcode they use on the tax yeah. forms anyway. Okay. And one of the things that I found really interesting is you guys handle immigration forms and you handle, I think, the complete suite of immigration forms from the U.S. federal government. Is that right? That's correct. And it's actually from, so there's USCIS, there's ICE, mm -hmm. there's um, EOIR, which is the Executive Office of Immigration Review, which handles oh, okay, immigration yeah. court. Mm -hmm. And then we actually, in the last month, added a series of ETA forms. And these are actually with the Department of Labor. So for employment immigration attorneys, mm -hmm. they need to go through a, uh, a process with the Department of Labor to qualify themselves to then ask USCIS to then petition for someone under H-1B or a PERM status. So one of the, the other concerns when it comes to using forms through a legal technology provider is the currency of those forms. Yes. What are you guys doing to ensure that you always have the most current and accurate form on Prima Fauci? So we have a system of notifications set up. Um, okay. When a new form is released, they generally don't do it on a day's notice, although it, is, it has happened. Mm -hmm. um, but when, when they send out a notification saying, hey, we've got some new forms coming out, you know, we have it goes to our email, that gives us a notification, and so every day we're checking that and we're able to see if there's a new form that we need to look out for. That's amazing. Now, we've talked a lot about immigration, but you guys have decided not to stop there. You're starting to expand the tool service into all sorts of other areas where lawyers have to fill out lots of forms. What areas are you now focusing on? That's correct, and of course, one of the dangers of being a startup and a, a company where you branch out too far too quickly is, mm -hmm. you know, overexposure, but um, what we said is we have this great process in place for processing these forms. Um, let's look at some of the different states. So we looked at California, a state with approximately 1,800 standardized forms that are used by attorneys. Uh, we looked at Michigan, you know, that's where I practice, and so there's about 800 forms that Michigan uses. Uh, and we looked at Illinois, which has a recently released set of about 75 standardized forms for the state. And of course, Cook County has about 860 of their very own that mm -hmm. are used just within a Cook County, city of Chicago. So even if you're not an immigration lawyer, 
uh, prima facie now has forms that may be applicable in your practice, especially if you're practicing at the state law level. Do you guys plan to move into other states? Absolutely. You know, we want to move out into, you know, we'll start with the larger states mm -hmm. um, and just, uh, you know, see where a customer demand takes us. So no matter the practice, uh, if you're submitting a government produced form or a court produced form, prima facie will have those forms either now or in the near future. Yep, you guys are processing at a phenomenal rate. Mike, how many forms are you guys doing a month? Well, in the last month, a couple thousand. A couple thousand new forms up and on the service. That's right. Yeah. We've gotten rave reviews from the immigration lawyers on Clio who have paired Prima Fascia with the Clio tool. It's greatly speeded up their firm's turnaround time and accuracy, and we see big things in the future for your guys' court forms as well. I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Legal Talk Network. Yeah, All right, thank, thank you, you very Josh. much. Oh. Thank you. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us in iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Bye.